Hello and welcome. I'm Cassandra Ray, Spiritual Director of the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We're a learning center of practical spirituality. This means that we practice and teach spiritual tools for personal and global transformation. So wherever you are on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. We believe that you're surrounded and supported by an infinite loving presence of power and potential. That you are powerful beyond measure and together we awaken to our spiritual magnificence. Our podcast captures a live inspirational message from our gatherings on Sundays in South Surrey. Enjoy. We're going to dive into the Divine Feminine this month. Super fun. (laughs) I'll just say right here off the top that the Centers for Spiritual Living are inherently, intrinsically Divine Feminine. And we, I will, uh, we'll talk more about that um, today and throughout this month. And I wanted to start, though, today by just giving you all a little update I got to represent our community at our national conference, the Spiritual Living Conference, that our umbrella organization puts on every other year in person, and and every year, once once every other year, it's virtual. So this year it was in person and it was in Denver, Colorado. So Tamara and I were there together. And I just think it's really fun to kind of keep you updated and posted on the fact that we are connected to 525 other centers, communities. They don't all meet like this. We do have some uh, teaching chapters that are just about teaching classes, and we have some study groups, and we also have virtual ministries, ministries that are you know just online, and then we also have centers like ours that meet in person. Some of them have their own buildings. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes. <laughs> And they gave us an update. They gave us some numbers about um, you know where the organization is at large. And I just thought it was so interesting to kind of get an update about like where are we and how does the, how how we doing. And so I wanted to share a couple of those numbers with you today. The average how many. How many people do you think go on average to a Sunday gathering like this throughout all 526 communities? What do you think? Millions. (laughs) Who else? On a Sunday. Mm -hmm. 20, 80, 100, millions. It's 90. There are on average on all, all the whole all of the centers, 90 is the average Sunday attendance, and our our budgets. So they also um, the gross revenues of the average of all the centers is $150,000 per year. Here at CSL White Rock, we had been averaging 45. 
a Sunday. And last month, we averaged 50. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! So we're still, you know, about the halfway um, of the average, average, um, but we are growing. And at the end of this month, the AGM, we will present our annual finances, fingers crossed, a budget, and um, we're at about $50,000 per year. So you'll get lots of more information on that, but that's about one-third the size of an average budget for, or average revenues for the center. So it's just fun to kind of check in and see where other people are at. I, I provided um, a lot more information about our umbrella organization, which is called the Centers for Spiritual Living, although they don't spell it correctly. <laughs> um, it's on our website. So if you visit csl-whiterock.com, just click on the blog, and then you'll see that first blog post, a peek into the 2020 Spiritual Living Conference. There was also a link in the newsletter that went out this last week. And I shared 30 pictures, almost all of them selfies. Um, so you can actually see the people um, who I met. You can see Tamara. Uh, Reverend Nadine got her honorary doctorate. So there's pictures of her in there. And uh, the new spiritual leader of all of CSL is in there. So it's, it's a, check it out. If you don't normally visit the blog, you might want to check it out this week uh, because there's some fun pictures. And I was just so excited even to just have my name tag that says <laughs> Canada <laughs> Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. It has my name on it. I brought it today to put on my little book altar that I always have. I spelled it for them, so it's correct. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm getting tangled here. Oh, sorry. Okay. Grab my notes. Here we are. So what is the divine feminine? What is that? You know, I'm not even going to answer that question today, but we're going to be exploring that all month. And we're going to look at the aspects of the Divine Feminine, and we'll see how they play out here at CSL White Rock in our own community building. I hear a little buzz. Hold on. Do you all hear that? You hear it? A little bit. Is it bothersome? No. I'm going to carry on. So. Um, as we have 526 communities, the CSL home office is what we lovingly refer to it as. They actually publish, um, oh, it's getting louder. You think maybe it's the, she's gonna look into that there. Um, but they publish themes, monthly themes, and weekly topics for our Sundays, and we're following along. Some of you have the journal, the 2020 Spiritual Journal. Um, those list all of our topics. So we together with like 500 other communities are delving into the Divine Feminine this month, and this month's book is called Wild Mercy. 
It's by Mirabai Star, Living the Fierce and Tender Wisdom of the Women Mystics. So this is this month's book of the month. And so we're diving in and she, actually let me tell you a little bit about, about the book. Mirabai Star is an interspiritual movement practitioner. Interspiritual movement. First time I heard of that in this book. And she says, and I quote, my entire life is dedicated to uncovering and sharing the treasures that lie at the heart of the world's religions and spiritual traditions. That's cool, right? Interspiritual. I'd say we're part of that interspiritual movement, wouldn't you say? Yeah. That's it, we've joined. <laughs> it's official. And so she teaches us a bit about how the divine feminine plays out in this interspiritual movement. And she says, there is a healing elixir in the feminine experience that has been historically relegated to the fringes and that I believe the, the human family is ready to reclaim at last. With its emphasis on the value of relationships, feelings, and mutual empowerment over individual success and empirical argument, I believe in the healing energy of the feminine as a fire that can melt the frozen heart of the world, the artistry that will mend the tattered web of interconnection. So this is the first aspect of the divine feminine that we explore, that it is emphasizing relationships, feelings, and mutual empowerment. This is how I see Science of Mind and the Centers for Spiritual Living really deeply and naturally aligning with the Divine Feminine, with this emphasis on relationship, feeling, and mutual empowerment. Now while we, we do have quite an emphasis on our thoughts and, and recognizing our thoughts have such a deep impact on our experience in life. This month, we get to focus on how our emotions and feelings also impact our life and our experience. And that's part of this divine feminine influence. Because when we delve deeper into the science of mind, we realize that yes, our thoughts very well might be paving the way, but they are, they are deepened and enlivened and embodied by our emotional response to them. It's what we call in prac training, the fire in the belly. And this is what we're about. Like, yes, be conscious of your thoughts, and when you can stoke the fire in the belly and you can feel the truth of spiritual principle, you are up-leveling up your spiritual practice and becoming an even more potent attractor 
for what you want to experience in your life. And we often focus on the individual, you know, what I need in my life, and by default that will benefit other people. But in this month of the Divine Feminine, we get to focus on what do we want to attract for the community? What's the highest and best for the community? And begin to have a vision for the community, not just our individuals, but how we come together. And we're doing this as in your leadership team, we're coming together and crafting a new vision, mission, purpose, and we're working on that. Can't wait to share it with y'all. And so we're doing that together as CSL, White Rock, but also we can do this for our larger communities. What is the vision for the town you live in, the city you live in? What is your vision for the province, for the ways in which the First Nations peoples are treated and interacting with our government? We can create, craft that vision together and it creates a vibration that impacts how life unfolds. And isn't that powerful? So each chapter in Wild Mercy has teachings from women of wisdom. It has the author's personal stories in it and also a practice for integrating this wisdom, which you all know I love because she's given us our homework assignment for the week. <laughs> we will end with that today for sure. But what's cool about the book, too, is that each chapter focuses on a particular station of the woman's wisdom journey. We've often heard of the hero's journey, and this month we're going to be learning from the woman's wisdom journey. And of course, you know I love that. And what's really cool about this week's chapter, I picked the chapter on community because I thought we could really benefit from that as a community. And Mirabai Star says, our way, the way of the feminine, is to find out what everyone is good at and praise them for it and get them to teach it to one another." End quote. Again, right? Like so inherently science of mind. Because so much what we do in our classes and in our workshops, and really like my intention for you is that you know yourself so well and you know exactly who and what spirit is to you, that you are inspired and moved to do what your heart is calling you to do, what your soul is calling you to do, and that you find such fulfillment and joy and pleasure out of that, even when it's hard, that you are a healing presence in the world. 
actually, I just told you my life purpose. <laughs> like, like, that's my life purpose, and that's, that's what I want for you, too. And it'll look different, right? Each and every one of us has, has a, that seed planted within our soul. We've talked about this before. And about how when we water it and allow it to grow in our life, that it brings such nourishment. And I didn't know that was inherently the divine feminine, but it is. Which I think is really quite beautiful and inspiring. We get to be that for each other. So let's look at one of the woman mystics. I gotta make sure I don't trip over here. Let's look at Mother Mary, reading from Wild Mercy. Look at Mother Mary, a working-class Jewish teenager, unmarried. She receives an uninvited visit from a vast, winged being who fills her room with his radiance and hands Mary her sacred instructions. You will be a vessel for the incarnation of the divine here on earth, he declares. And it's going to hurt like hell to be his mother. Mary trembles, but she stays present. And then she says, Hineni, here I am. Thy will be done. The moment between Mary's no way and her wholehearted yes is the dark night of the soul. It is a space of numinous mystery, of radical unknowingness. It is unconditional and usually unintentional surrender. Without a flicker of expectation that everything will be all right and nothing may ever be okay again, and that's okay. This is the place from which Mary agrees to show up as mother to the whole world. She does not do this alone. She is linked to every mother everywhere, forward and backward in time. Who kind of gives me chills. <laughs> One of the elements of the divine feminine is resting in the mystery the mystery. Mary ultimately says yes to her soul's calling, to her role in the unfoldment of humanity. And yet, she has no idea how it's going to play out. Talk, I mean, if I were her, I would be terrified terrified. So this is part of our path. This is part of our spiritual path. Recognizing that each one of us has this calling planted in our heart, our soul, our bodies. And that answering it, we might have to enter the mystery. We do enter the mystery.
Now in science of mind, we're often focusing on what we know. What we know. This is what I know. There hasn't really been much place for, for talking about uh, the mystery or the unknown or the dark night of the soul. And I'm just kind of speaking about the culture of CSL. But you know what? That is shifting. And in fact, it is already embedded even in prayer treatment. So prayer treatment, affirmative mind treatment, affirmative prayer, spiritual mind treatment. These are our official terms for this practice that we do. We have specific steps. And one of the steps is to let go. Let go. And I would also say that that step is our willingness to walk into the mystery. And here's the thing about the mystery and the unknown. You can absolutely still have an understanding of who you are and where you're headed, even though you might not have any idea what that next step is. Thankfully, Mirabai, she, she tells us a little bit about that and about the way of the divine feminine, how that might look in our everyday current life today. She, um, she was writing this book in 2016 uh, when, uh, and she lives in the States, New Mexico actually, um, when she was writing her book, um, Donald Trump got elected president. And that is the antithesis of everything that this book is about. And she put it away and, you know, cried <laughs> like many of us did on that day. That is a very clear day in my mind. Wow. Um, but here, listen to what she says. Slowly, I remembered that the feminine mystic is a different creature than the manly prophet. She is not a lone wolf raising her voice in the wilderness. She's not a strident preacher warning of doom. She is only as powerful as her community. Alone she is nothing and she knows it. The very concept of an individual messiah makes no sense to her. When she hears the cries of the world, she reaches out and grasps the hands of her sisters, gathers up her children and asks the blessings of her elders, kisses her lover and turns the kettle to simmer and rides straight into the arms of the mystery, where she will wait until it is clear what needs to be done. Then together with her companions, she will do it. Yeah. Together with her companions, she will do it. And I say, this is what we're doing together with each one of us. We are going into the mystery and asking, what is mine to do? 
What am I called to be? Who am I called to be? Now this being and doing, right? This, um, this is part of the divine feminine, incorporating the being into your doing. Most of us have been really um, acculturated to do. How productive are you? What have you accomplished today? Are you on schedule? <laughs> and can you measure it for your paycheck? That's kind of the, the air we're breathing in. But here, we're going to incorporate the being. And I thought I would share with you my birthing story as an example of this. Why not? <laughs> we're talking about the divine feminine. It was the most pivotal lesson in my life about this balance this relationship between knowing and not knowing, being and doing. Because when you are a woman who is about to give birth, there is no putting it off. <laughs> I mean, you know, how many women have said, Forget this. Like, I changed my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. Man. And I was terrified. Terrified when I was giving birth. I was 18 years old. I cannot even imagine that. But I was 18. I was the youngest in my family. I'd never even been around children. And here I was having a baby. And as terrified as I was, I was also so grateful. I kid you not, I was like, how many weeks overdue? Two weeks overdue. My child, when she was born, nine pounds, nine ounces. Natural birth, no drugs. They gave me Tylenol after. <laughs> Unheard of, right? All I can say is that that was 26 years ago. Yeah, she's 26 now. Actually, her birthday's next month. She's going to be 27. So here I was, terrified and like super grateful, right? Didn't want to do it, but holy cow, get this thing out of me, <laughs> right? So often we begin our call, our wisdom journey, our spiritual journey, terrified and grateful. Because oftentimes, if, we're, if you're not listening to the call of your soul, circumstances in life will kind of make you. So when we, we kind of come to that surrender place of, okay, <laughs> I, it can't be like it was before. I can't live that way any longer. So I guess I'm going to change, right? And there's this surrender in birth of here I am getting ready to have this baby. And I know 
what what the general steps of that are, right? You have to the the ten centimeters and the you know all of those things. I know about it, but at the same time, I have no idea how it's going to unfold for me. For Karina, that's my daughter. Oh, I did not know the sex either until she was born. Isn't that crazy? I can't imagine. I did not know she was a girl until she was born. Anyhow, there was this moment when I'm feeling the contractions, and my sister Nancy, she just turned 50, by the way, my oldest sister Nancy, and she ended up being my coach. We hadn't like planned it that way, but she was there. And, and she is a natural doula. And she just naturally stepped in. My husband at the time, Karina's father, he was there. I have no idea what he was doing. And honestly, I didn't care because my sister Nancy was keeping me calm. And, and I, she had a shirt on that had flowers on it. And I would just kind of lose myself in these flowers. And I don't know how it happened, but she taught me that if I could relax during a contraction, that it would, it would be easier. So here's a contraction. And my first response is to tense every muscle in my body against the pain, resisting the pain. Go away, I don't want you pain. Resist tense. But when I could relax and lose myself in the flowers of her shirt, I could feel the pain of the contraction lessen. The strength of the contraction didn't go away. But the pain of it lessened. So what are you tensing against in your life? What are you wishing would just go away? And what would it look like for you if you relaxed? What would that look like? What would that feel like? How might that show up? Still there, but you're no longer fighting it. Do you see where my power was in that moment? I was empowered by releasing my muscles and attempting to relax in what was a very intense time for me. This is the great mystery. This is living in the divine feminine. When you get to that point where you just open your heart and you just say yes. Yes to my dream to be a singer. Yes to my dream to write a book. Yes to my dream to speak or travel or create 
or make clothes. You know, what is it? What is that thing? Oh, this is heavy. Uh, it's my science of mind textbook. I, you know, my love of the dictionary and the science of mind textbook, I'm always looking up keywords. And so today what I looked up in the, in the book was mystery. I thought, well, what does Ernest Holmes have to say about mystery? What does the science of mind have to say about mystery? So guess what? I found something. Oh, here we go. Page 402. Thoughts of lack, poverty, and limitation contain within themselves the conditions necessary to produce lack, poverty, and limitation. Remember that we are not dealing with two powers, but with one ever presenting itself in varying guises to the pure thou wilt show thyself pure to the froward thou wilt show thyself froward. I have no idea what that means, but we're going to carry on. It will become to us what we are to it. The law knows us only as we first know ourselves. We make up its mind because its mind is subjective. The spirit controls the law. This is the great mystery, the limitless wonder of the universe, that which out of nothing can make something. But its nothing is really the substance of every something. Yeah. We don't really know how thoughts become things or how your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions turn into experiences that you have. We don't really know like how that works, but we know it does. So we can show up to that mystery again and again every day with our practices so that we can know what it is we're uniquely called to be and do in the world and do it, be it. The world is absolutely ready. Here's your assignment. It's a good one. Mirabai Starr writes a section called Deepening. And so in her wild mercy, she says, mystical Jewish wisdom teaches us that we are all born with a particular task we are meant to do to contribute to the healing of the world. And we are precisely and perfectly designed to do it. What is the unique task imprinted on your soul? Hint. It's probably something you're already good at and is most definitely something you love doing. So sit quietly with your eyes closed. Allow yourself to contemplate your strengths and imagine how you might harness them for the benefit of others. 
Write down a list of ways you could rise to the call, even if they don't look like dramatic contributions or if they take a very different form than you might have imagined. Be wildly creative. Make a plan of action to implement one of these ideas. That's this week. <laughs> I'll have a new one for you next week. But as I was reading this, I realized that being willing to sit with your eyes closed and your heart open is another way of entering the mystery, isn't it? So let's enter the mystery together and allow that soul's calling to simply shine through everything in your being and your body, your soul. And so it is. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're supported 100% by your generous contributions. If you found value in this episode, please give online at csl-whiterock.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter so that you'll be notified of future episodes as well as ways to connect, learn, and grow. Thank you and abundant blessings on your path.